What is up, everybody? And welcome to Wayward Artists in the Wayward World, the second to last episode of the show. I think I said that last week, but this is truly the second to last episode of the show because the last episode is going to be really cool. We've got a really cool guest coming up on that show. You'll have to stay tuned. Um, it's, I, I don't want to talk more about it. Uh, I'm Sid, your guest, uh, your host. I'm not the guest <laughs> once again. And joining me today is the lead singer of one of the best local bands here in Spokane, Washington, Mama Doll, Sarah Berenston. Sarah, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's been so long since I last saw you. Like, I'm so, I'm so great. Like, you know, the show's about gratitude. I'm so grateful to like see you again. Like, yeah. I guess not technically see you, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like get to talk to you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I do have one major question to ask you. Um, how is mama and papa Berenston? <laughs> They're good. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you really I lived with them for a year during the pandemic. So oh, nice. I know that they're great. <laughs> yeah. I was trying, I was trying I, a little reference to the Bernstein Bears. Like, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Sarah, for like the uninitiated, like tell us who you are, what you do, and how do we know each other? Okay. Who I am and what I do. What a fun question. Yeah. Um, well, my name's Sarah. I um, used to live in Spokane. I lived in Spokane for 11 years um, and I don't anymore. And I'm in Mama Doll, which we just played a show recently, which was our first show in quite a long time. Um, and we maybe like thought we were never going to play again. So that was fun. We can talk about that more later. Um, I am a teacher and taught middle school for a long time and taught abroad. And now I work with homeless youth mostly and am finishing up a program to get my master's in teaching done. So nice. Kind of a, yeah. And you're in China for a long time. Yep. I was in China actually only for six months, but I was there when everything started with the pandemic. Um, so actually what happened was I went to China. I left in January to take a break because um, of Chinese New Year, you get a month off. Mm -hmm. And so I went to travel and I traveled around Southeast Asia. I came home to the US just to pick up my boyfriend and take him back to China with me and like say hi to family. And when I my plane landed, um, all my flights back to China had been canceled. Oh, so wow. everything was canceled for like six weeks, they said. Um, and so actually all my stuff is currently still in China. I never got it back cause I could never go back. So, um, yeah, it was a weird, <laughs> it was a weird time, but China was awesome. It was cool. Yeah. Do you get to go back anytime soon? Maybe? Um, right now, I think that they are not, they're definitely not open for tourism. So I think you have to have a work visa. So unless I set up another job to go back there, then, then I have to wait for a while, but someone's holding on to my stuff now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's well, at least that's nice. You know, a friend of the show, Tiana uh, Hennings from uh, the Next Door Villains podcast, she just recently married her Chinese boyfriend. And oh, cool. uh, yeah, and she's planning to move to China real soon, actually. So that's that's okay. kind of a cool thing. Um, Sarah, this is really interesting because, like, this isn't the, se the first time I've interviewed you before. Do you I know you interviewed me for the um, uh, when you were at Gonzaga. Yeah. It's great to not have the influence of like uh, a university over this part. I could do whatever the hell I want. On the show. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, within reason, I guess. But um, sure. um, no, that was that was so cool to like, in, like get to talk to you a little bit about Mama Doll. But like now I get to like go in depth and like, you know, do it the way I want to do it. Not the way the bulldog sure. wants to do it. But um, um, we've met. I like I said, like I saw you perform at Volume 
um, many years. That was eight years ago, girl. Can you believe it? Like that was like around the first time, like I came to the United States. I've never, I didn't realize that then I guess. (laughs) Like when I first met you, that was like my first time seeing music perform (laughs) because like, you know, as like hypocritical as it sounds, because, you know, Saudi Arabia has a lot of like Arabic, like Saudi musicians, music is not really like, at least that when I was there, like it wasn't really a thing because, you know, there's a lot of like the conservative uh, Islamic rule uh, over there, which is like band music. So like everything that I listened to was whatever my mom liked, you know, like eighties, like, like she was in the punk rock scene really. So I got familiarized with that, like some oldie stuff um, and whatever, like was on the WWE, <laughs> like I, yeah. I would listen to the WWE entrances. So I didn't really like see music perform and until I went to volume and I didn't really understand what that was. Like, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, you just like walk into all these bars and like, you see people perform. And I was like, mama dolls like it's a girl group and I was like oh dang I've never seen a group girl a, a, a girl group perform before and I was like this is gonna sound rad let's see how they are and you guys were more than rad like it was mm-hmm. like super cool and like because of like because of that I was kind of like a groupie like just hanging around and <laughs> like just seeing all your shows and I we became friends yeah that way. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah that's crazy that it was eight years ago it's filed yeah and I didn't realize that that was I yeah I didn't know that piece of your story so Mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of it's it's interesting to process that and kind of be like oh that's I, that's where you were yeah. at at that time yeah we've never had it we've we've never hung out because like oh. you're, all, you're always so busy <laughs> like doing mom because like anytime we talked was during like mama doll stuff so right totally yeah. or you know when you worked at your old job too you lived like I don't want to dox myself <laughs> or anything like where I live but like um it's a place like really close to like my place that shut down and yeah uh, reopened but uh yeah so I am very grateful to have you on the show um and I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about because this guys and gals and non-binary pals this is wayward artists in a wayward world where each and every Sunday I sit with a wayward artist and we talk about a person they're thankful for it's based on Jared Petty's podcast pockets full of soup which uh you know he had COVID uh, a couple weeks ago Jared Petty and he's recovering really well he's getting back into it so I'm glad that he had a speedy recovery it seemed like uh, terrible, like Delta variant out there. You know, we were worried about Miss Rona, but now we're worried about Miss Delta. Like <laughs> she's out there too, but you know, stay safe, stay, get vaccinated and, um, yeah, get vaccinated. You idiots. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sarah, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask guests each and every week on the show. Tell me something you're thankful for. And we kind of like propped it up a little bit at the beginning, but like, like just tell people what you're thankful for right now. Oh man. Do other people have a hard time with this question? Um, you know, like sometimes like, um, I feel like there's so much to like, for me, I feel like trying to focus on gratitude has been like a coping mechanism of the pandemic, you know, to try to like expand that, expand on that a little bit. I think just, you know, it's obviously been a hard time for everyone in their own way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know that like, for me, it's, I like to try to like equally balance, like letting myself like feel that hard stuff and then trying to also like find things that you're grateful for and gratitude as a way to, um, cope and have perspective Mm -hmm. and kind of ground yourself a little bit. Yeah. I'm very Um, curious because like, you know, um, 
at the beginning of the show, we talked about, you know, Mama Doll could be something because like, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the show, like y'all haven't performed in so long. Cause like mm-hmm. you were pursuing like teaching and like English and stuff like that. Like um, it was kind of disband. So I'm just very curious, like of all the times to like get together with like these group of people, like, would you tell us like who, what is Mama Doll and who are they? Like, who are the <laughs> other people? And like, um, why did you decide to like do it now? Like yeah. of all, the, all the times you could have done it. So I feel like outwardly it's not as it appears <laughs> like how it actually is. So, well, first, so Mama Doll is myself, um, Jen Landis and Justin Landis um, on bass and guitar. And then they both live in Sandpoint. And then Caleb Ingersoll on drums lives in Spokane and I live in Skagit Valley. So I don't know if we even are a local Spokane band anymore because yeah. we're spanning two states and three cities, but yeah. You have totally um, different band members too. Like a bunch of people yeah. come and go. Like yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting too. Yeah, a lot of things have changed for sure since we first started. I mean, it just started with Austin Case and I, um, and a ukulele and a drum. And now it's like a you know, fully outfitted indie band. Um, but I think that's well, I guess one thing I'm grateful for is every single person that's been in the band has um at that time been a person that was a really dear friend to me, really close to me, people that I love. Um, and so I've never had that experience of playing with people that you don't really know. And you're not really friends with, um, which a lot of people have. And so like, I'm, that is not my cup of tea. I'm like, not, I, not that I couldn't do it, but I definitely have that imposter syndrome situation that a lot of artists feel. And so playing with friends and people that love and care about you just like unconditionally makes, makes it a lot nicer it's like a way nicer experience (laughs) yeah I mean like you know talking about like the show in retrospect like the people on this show have always like have all been friends of mine or people Mm -hmm. that I know and like even the people that I have never met before like they're brand new I I would like you know panhandle on like Twitter and like Instagram and even TikTok just like hey you got this cool podcast I think you're really cool you want you want to come on <laughs> and they're like yeah, yeah yeah sure you got a good vibe and you know when we talk we talk like we're best friends you know like I think um you know when it comes to like music and creating something I remember when I was doing theater um before I quit it by the way <laughs> which you don't know that <laughs> no. yeah I uh I, I'm retired at least okay. for at least for the, like, you know, Mama Doll like hasn't performed in years. Like who knows? Well, we're you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So we'll see. But right now, uh, no theater for the foreseeable future. Okay. Um, you know, but like when I was doing theater, like when you do theater and art, like you need to have like a, like a strong bond and a strong connection with like the people in the room. And like, even though you're meeting them for the first time, like you'll spend time with them over the course of like months, like just putting on this one big show and music, I feel like is so intimate. You know, like uh, I, I, I don't think you talked about like yet, <laughs> like what is Mama Doll? Like what's the sound and everything? But like, um, it's like the the, mu- the sound that you create, like the harmonies and stuff. Like you, it seems like you guys are like you said, like you guys are very connected with each other. So yeah, yeah. what is Mama Doll? But like, what, what, why, why is it called that? You told me. I don't remember really, but <laughs> it's actually <laughs> like, like the- kind of a lame. <laughs> story but it was actually really cool like think so? I, I, I think so like at least when I when you um did the bulldog interview it's like oh yeah this is really this is really interesting 
We'll see if it holds up in 2021. So yeah. 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 What's <laughs> um, your explanation now? What is Mama Doll now? So what is Mama Doll? Well, okay. So the name comes from a Flannery O'Connor book called, um, oh my God, Wise Blood. And I never finished it. I read like the first like three chapters. Uh, um, but I, I love her. I've read a lot of her other work, but I just like didn't finish that book. And in that book, one of the grandmas is called Mama Doll. And so I was at that time trying to just like find a name. And I've never had a child, but I tell you what, finding a band name is so hard because everyone has a reaction to it. So you'll be like, oh, I'm thinking of calling my band. Like I'm looking around my house, like petunias. And then people are like, oh, like no one is ever like, oh, that's an awesome name for a band. Like it's just not. And I feel like that's what people that have kids feel like. They're like, I'm going to name my kid Betty. And people are like, oh, I knew a Betty and I hated her. Like whatever. Uh. There's always something. So I was like trying to find names and I just been writing stuff down and mentioned that name. Um, I think it was when collect the collect sessions had just started, um, that Carly Ingersoll had put on and we didn't have a name yet. And she like recorded two videos of us and like songs and all she was doing a blog post and she was like you have to have a band name so like enough is enough pick uh, something <laughs> so I was like okay I've been thinking about this name I told her and she was like oh it's great and I was like okay great done <laughs> that's that's the name um but as far as I don't mama doll is just like whatever comes out of my mouth as far as like the songs go um music is a really more of a cathartic thing for me than it is like a, um, than it is something that I'm like actively pursuing in a professional way, if that makes sense. I've just been very, very lucky to, um, have people that supported me and pushed me to like get onto stage and then extremely lucky to have friends that take the song that I've written and then add, you know, all of their own, um, parts to it. And that part's a really collaborative effort. And so I feel really lucky. It feels like maybe if somebody like takes your writing and then like helps it come alive. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely like what the last um, few years since Mama Doll's been in this, this form with these people um, with Caleb and Carly and I mean, Caleb and Justin and Jen, Carly sings with us too. Um, They're just so good at that. And they're so I trust them so much. Like sometimes songs can feel really precious, Mm -hmm. especially because I write about pretty much just like what is happening in my life. It's, it's might as well be my journal out there. So, um, it's really nice to like, I'm grateful for that, to have friends that honor that, but also can like, look at it from like a musician standpoint and be like, okay, I get that. That's like, this was a hard song for you to write. We're all here. We honor that, but also like, okay, let's make this a great song um, and work together on that. So, so I don't know how do you answer that, what mom at all is, but that's, I guess, kind of yeah, like my diary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious because you said, um, like the songs from mom at all are like a memoir, a diary. And I'm, uh, do you write all the songs from mom at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that, that's so cool. Like, um, I guess like, I don't know what I was thinking, like who wrote the songs. Like, I guess in my, <laughs> like I, in my mind, I was like, dang, that's so impressive. But I feel like, oh yeah, Sarah wrote these. Cause she's like, I, I guess my brain defaulted automatically. Like, oh, she's like the lead singer of the band. Mm. Like she, she wrote them. Like, these are her words. Um, but like, no, it's so cool when people are able to do that because like, it's just like theater, right? Like um, I've um, interpreted text like the way that like made me feel a certain way that still like honors what is being written there, like enhancing that. Like, it's so, 
it's so cool when you have people that you can trust and like they could take that vision and make it better. Like, honestly, like I'm always down for people to like make my shit better, like all the time. Yeah. yeah. So like you have two albums right now. Um, Honestly, I haven't listened to the second one, but also, yeah, but you you haven't listened to my show. So true. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I still (laughs) need to listen. Yeah, I still need to listen to it. But like, um, yeah, and the I'm very curious to know about the first album, um, which was Mama Doll. Did it have a title? Like, was it um, as the crow flies? Okay, yeah, it was as the crow flies. I guess, like in my mind, I just remembered the teal like mm-hmm. album. I still have my signed one. It's in the oh, storage, but like, it's it's still there okay. uh, with like the, with the OGs. You know, like Claire and Jen and who's oh my and god, Austin. Austin, yeah, Austin, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very curious though because you know it's Mama Doll. I guess like in the beginning, I associated your band as like oh the first girl group that like I've like I've encountered but now you have like Justin and Caleb in it as well and I'm like uh these are guys <laughs> where's the where's the mama in this mm-hmm. mama so like um was that a point of like conflict or like you're or like it didn't really matter to you gender like who's in the show like I know that might sound like a dumb question but like no, I guess, like, no. yeah like that's how you guys started out in my mind mm-hmm. like was that what was that ever that thought of like oh we're introducing like the opposite sex into this group. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely like a conversation. Um, the, it was never intentional to have it be an all female band to begin with. It just happened that way. And so I think we had kind of this, um, like maybe a little bit of a chip on our shoulder because we felt like people were, were really hyper-focused on that element. Looking back, I have a different perspective, but in the moment I felt like we were like, oh man, people are like so hyped up that we're, that we're all women. And we didn't even intend to do it because like women play music, (laughs) like they do it. And so it's only abnormal because like, we don't see it, but we see loads of bands that are just all dudes and no one bats an eye, like no one, questions that because that's what our cultural like norm had been and so I think at the time we were like a little bit like on that at, at, on the like kind of teetering back and forth because then at the same time we were like well this is also cool like we like we like being an all-female band to be able to like I don't know maybe another female artist sees that or like you know someone so that you can that all people are like represented in that mm-hmm. and so it was kind of a funny like teeter-totter so then when I think it was Austin moved. She moved to Seattle. Um, there was an opening in the band and it was a conversation. We were like, oh, should we, you know, actively pursue finding a female replacement or um, should we just find the replacement that fits? Um, and we ended up, my ex-husband ended up being the person that we replaced her with. Um, he was my husband at the time. And um And I think part of that was because he was just a great drummer and like it fit and it worked. And I think we kind of wanted to move away a little bit from the kind of female centered thing, which is so funny to me because I feel like now I would be like, hell yeah, let's have an all female band. Like I would be way more comfortable because I think I have less to prove than I felt like I had to prove then. 
if that makes sense. Oh, no, it absolutely makes sense. You don't get like how many times people are were like for this show specifically like, oh, yeah, it's a theater podcast. It brings a lot of theater people on the show. And I'm like, I bring a lot of theater people on this show because that's all I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like those are those are my friends. Those are the people that like I know, like this isn't a theater podcast. I want more people on the show that are not in theater. So sure. um, like I always cherish the conversations that I've had with people, people in the music industry. Like, you know, we had um Megaran on the show. He's a popular indie artist. Like his niche is like video game, like chip tune stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's really cool. He had a Kickstarter. Uh, not to advertise that at all, but like it, it, it was very successful. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's really fascinating talking about music because I feel like if I lived in a different time, I probably would have been a musician because you know, living in Saudi Arabia, there wasn't really an opportunity to uh like play music which again, very hypocritical because there is music in Saudi Arabia. It's just like, Hmm. they don't teach that stuff. Um, But no, like I've, I've, yeah, I think like, it's super cool. Like, I don't think we still like, again, I I haven't really been in the music scene just recently because COVID one of them. And then, you know, RIP the Bartlett, you know, one of the coolest places in Spokane. I mean, okay. Lucky you is really cool too. Like there are Caleb and Carly's other venue, but like, you know, the Bartlett was way cooler. Like, honestly, they that... had, they're different, right? Like the Bartlett had this like very yeah. fine-tuned, intimate atmosphere I and like he was bigger and it's a restaurant. And so there's like a lot more going on. There's a lot more dynamics going on. Oh, Although yeah. they did, I don't know if you've been there in a while, but they closed in the upstairs space. Oh, so it's a lot more um, Bartlett-esque as far as like those intimate dynamics go. Oh, I have to go. I have to go there one day. I yeah. I did want to see you guys performed on Saturday. Um, I really wanted to go, but I've effectively decided uh, it's lockdown time. I gotta like cherish yeah. uh, cherish the time <laughs> outside for like uh, other things. So I get that being with big crowds now. It's just like uh, probably the next big crowd thing I'm gonna do is see Shang Chi in theaters, which Ooh. is the new Marvel movie that's coming out. So I haven't been to the movie theaters in years. So. Hey, I felt the same way. I was feeling really conflicted. And I think a lot of people that are artists right now and performing people are feeling conflicted about how to proceed. Um, And it's complicated and like nuanced and like hard. So I, I was feeling like about even playing the show, like, oh my gosh, we even be doing this. And (laughs) you know, what does this all mean? And how, oh, and like, for Carly and Caleb, it's their business. And for other people, like not for me, but for other musicians, it's their livelihood. And for other people, it's like an extremely important emotional outlet for them. And so I get it. So I totally respect like whatever anybody needs to do or not do, because there's nothing worse than not listening to like what your insides are telling you and going against that. It's always the worst choice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. I, especially lately, I've, you know, I think it's the change of the weather. I've been kind of feeling off, you know, it's, I, I feel the COVID like symptoms and I'm just like, is this COVID or is this like, I am I just like, am I just depressed? <laughs> Never ending questioning. Now we just like have this thing that we're like constantly like measuring to being like, oh, is mm-hmm. it that? Yeah. Uh, going back to Mama Doll, um, I want to talk about the two albums. The first one, As the Crow Flies. Um, what? Tell me about that album. I mean, like, I know I've listened to it a bunch of times, but um, what is that album? Like, um, what? how is it created? And that one, I think, like, knowing you guys for a while now, like, before, like, the new album release, like, those were the songs that you continuously played at live events. So I'm just yeah. very curious, like, well, how did its inception happen? 
Yeah. So that was, um, I started writing those songs when I was, gosh, I think I just graduated from college. I mean, I was still playing with terrible buttons, um, which was my band in college. And I was just kind of exploring what it meant for me to like write my own songs and like not be a person that was in the terrible buttons. I was, you know, singing harmonies and um, playing instruments, but I wasn't writing any of the, the music. So it was that first album is really like my first real exploration of like writing and putting my lyrics to, to music and, and fronting something. Um, and there, again, they're just all, all of the songs I'm now I'm thinking back. Cause I, gosh, it was a long time ago. Cause I think on Spotify, it says 2018, but that's actually just when we uploaded it. I think that album came out in like 2014, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's a long time ago. So those, those songs though, are like, they're all just, per- most of them are about heartache and breakups and kind of like figuring out I had a lot of like conversations around like what is sexuality when you're like not in a relationship and what are the boundaries like and because everyone has their own you know feelings about that and so that was something I kind of explored through those songs um and yeah and a lot of yeah a lot of it is just kind of that like heartache I mean I I went through a breakup with probably the first, you know, like true love of my life, like at that time and really felt very confused about it, felt confused about, um, I still cared so deeply about that person, but it, you know, it wasn't, we weren't meant to be together. And so just kind of like feeling out, um, all of that. And, you know, I was 23, so like I'm 31 now. And so, you know, those feelings are so valid, but they also were really, um, really raw and like intense feelings that I was feeling. And when I listen back to some of the lyrics, I'm like, wow, you're so dramatic is how I feel. Um, but it was really, you know, potent and real for me at that time. Yeah. Um, talking about your, you know, that your breakup at the time, um, and writing that album, what do you think is the most important song on that album for you? Oh my God, I have to think about the songs on that album. Um, the most important song on that album. I can, I think I can pull up. Uh, God, maybe I'll look it up. Yeah. I'm just really glad that you don't remember your songs on your first album. Like, I don't like, like, I remember them, but I'm like, oh God, I have yeah. to look at them to be like what the most important one would be. That makes me um, feel better about like myself as an artist. Oh, <laughs> just like, yeah. I don't remember anything like sometimes. Honestly, when we were preparing for this show on Saturday, I like just straight up couldn't remember how to play some of the songs. And I was like, Justin, what are the chords? Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's not coming to me. Um, Okay, let's see here. Mm, Oh yeah, okay. (laughs) I would probably say um, there's a song on there called Sad Song. It's not a very creative titleist. Uh, Um, But it was kind of about that like, letting go of somebody and, and, and like feeling both like it was the right thing to do, but it was this, it was so sad. Like, I remember feeling so, so sad about it. And my, I remember calling my dad who my dad is a very, um, stoic, you know, like typically he is emotional, but like does not show his emotions, tough guy. It's kind of like his, his vibe. Um, 
And I remember calling him and being so, so feeling just like wrecked. And he said, someday so much time will have passed that you won't even remember what it was like to love this person. You won't even remember like what it felt like to love them and be loved by them. And I just like started crying because I, at that time I was like, I don't want to forget what that felt like. Like I, I don't, it was devastating to me to think that that feeling would fade. And now having been married and been divorced and gone through other breakups, um, you know, now I'm kind of like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. Like, and the good stuff that you feel from those relationships fades and the bad stuff that you feel from those relationships fades. But at the time I was, it was devastating to me to think that those feelings would, those memories and that like physical feeling you get would just dissipate. Cause I felt kind of like, well, where does it go? What was the point of having it? Like, why can't I store things forever? And obviously we don't want to store things forever. It's not a great method, but, yeah. but it was I mean, really fun. Yeah. I mean, like uh, the way I interpret what your dad just said there, it was just like, you know, talking about, again, I always bring up, I've been, I brought up Saudi Arabia a lot in this conversation, but um, thinking about the people that I met there and like my old friends and, you know, some of the stuff, like a lot of the stuff was pretty bad. I'll be frank with you. Like there was just awful things that I'm still trying to process and like um, move on from, but, you know, like I remember, I do, I do remember some of the, you know, the happy, like the, the, the good times and, you know, like the food. I always talk about the food in Saudi Arabia and I like, I miss that so much. I'm sick of American food so much. <laughs> like, I wish there was like, like some proper like Middle Eastern, like um, I just feel like it's all botched. Like even mm. the stuff that like claims it's like, oh yeah, it's from the Middle East made by these Arabs. And I'm like, this isn't your, your ancestors would be ashamed. Oh, no. <laughs> I just like, you know, I'm super critical about it. And like, you know, I think at times, you know, it does, it is really sad. Um, but like, I think I've gotten to the point now where I'm not, it, it doesn't make me like weep or right. anything like that. Like, you know, um, I'm starting to get that way with my, my two dogs who passed away. Um, Aww. my two Springer Spaniels who passed away last year. And, you know, I, um, I think I'm slowly letting go of that grief and I can talk about them and look at pictures of them and videos of them, uh, and just feel like, oh yeah, this was, a, this, this, this was some good memories here. Um, you know, time heals all wounds. That's what they say. So it's just, it takes a lot of time to process those emotions. And, you know, art has a way of like healing, like art, like for sure. Like you wrote those songs in the in a moment of like, just sad. Like, I mean, like a lot of the songs on there are <laughs> now that you put the perspective of a breakup, like I can understand some of the, <laughs> some of the songs like now, like, you know, um, magpie, um, mm-hmm. there was, uh, rumors, you know, like there, there's a lot of cool songs on that. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that, that gives me a little bit more context. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, do you like, what's like the most played song on that album? Cause like I said, like, that's definitely, um, like a lot of your track list is from that album that you mm-hmm. play. Yeah. I think rumors is the most played from that album for sure. Yeah. You had many different alterations. Uh, and I'll be up in your. I can't remember the lyrics. You know, you need like a lyric book, like, uh, <laughs> like it, it's the word. It's the word where you say fuck. 
Yeah. And like, uh, you always replace it with something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, I always thought that was funny. Like, oh, oh in live me. shows, you mean? Yeah. Like you, you oh, always yeah. have to. You know, it always depends because I'm like, since I am a teacher and like, I have that like perspective, I would always be scanning the crowd for like, are there children in the crowd? Even though like my, you know, I never wanted to just like scream fuck (laughs) on stage. I mean, I did, but I have a, like, uh, I think I like really care a lot about like making sure everyone's having a good time. (laughs) So I would always scan the crowd and make sure like, are there families and like children present? And like, maybe I shouldn't say that. But if I have a, had an extra irreverent night, then mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm curious because I want to go back. I want to talk about the the new album mm-hmm. and like where that came from. But I'm I'm very curious about the teaching part because you know I I'm surprised that you decided to go like honestly when you first told me like I yeah I'm like I'm studying to be a teacher blah 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 like I'm studying English and you told me that like like when you told me that I was like she's not gonna like want to be a musician (laughs) like a like an artist like what's up with that I mean respect absolutely but like I I think that that's so cool like that's that's very interesting I think um can you like expound on that a little bit like where where'd that love for teaching come from yeah um so I went to university to be a teacher that was my goal um and I ended up no I went to that's not true I went to school to be a counselor uh school counselor. And I ended up switching to be a teacher. And I always was just interested in that, like um, the impact you can have in a classroom and the importance of having teachers in there that really care about kids. Um, But when I graduated, I, instead of going back to school to get my teaching certificate and my, uh, to get my master's, I went on tour with my band. (laughs) And so um, I actually put off teaching for like a long time. I don't think I, I think I probably toured around and played music for three or four years um, before I got my first teaching job. Mm -hmm. And then when I got my first teaching job, it was middle schoolers and I was teaching Spanish and I loved it. I was like, oh gosh, I love middle schoolers. They're so weird. They're (laughs) so awkward. They're like really can be tough, but they're actually like really sweet on the inside and they're not like like I'm gonna be teaching high school but high school students just like have a little bit more exterior going on like they got a little bit bigger walls built up they've got more going on they're like a little cooler um less they seem less interested in the teacher relationship off the it's a harder to kind of like get in um whereas middle schoolers are like they want to be like that but they're just not yet so I just loved, adored them. I thought it was so fun. So I took a job doing um, English language arts the next year and did that for two years in Spokane. Um, And now it's transitioned me into working with, I work one-on-one with youth and mainly focus on homeless youth and um, still a part of the public education system. And I just think that it's the best job. I just think it's the best job. I love helping kids. I like connecting with them. I like helping them see their potential. I like opening their eyes. I like just all of it is, um, really inspiring to me and stimulating to me and exciting to me and hard. Definitely. Like I remember teaching and I would come home and just lay down and be like, did I just ruin that kid's life? Like, did I say like, cause you know, you like, everybody's had a teacher that said something to them or an adult in their life that said something to them that's like stuck with them and like pained them. And so you don't know as an adult, if you've said that thing or not all the time. And so I would sometimes lay there and be like, oh my gosh, like 
am I ruining the youth of America? Do, you know, and then I'd have to come back the next day and be like, oh, they're fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not yeah. fake, but. Yeah. Uh, one thing that you didn't know about me, which is brand new. Um, well, it kind of happened recently because we haven't talked in a while. I was on a path to being a professor, oh, you know, cool. like a teacher as well. I, uh, w- I had a mentor, like uh, an apprentice, actually, like uh, uh, my Padawan learner, like from okay. Star, <laughs> uh, who, you know, before this pandemic uh, kind of took everything, like we would meet on Zoom every week. And, you know, it wasn't under like some sort of like official thing like it was definitely it was definitely like under the table I guess but the mom was cool with it so like yeah. that's fine her name is Georgia we've had her we actually had her and her mom on the show oh, so, cool. and, and her little brother because he wanted to be on it um so like even but even before that like I had moments where I was like teaching like you know I I really enjoyed teaching like the older kids um like high school like or that you know that freshman college like the you know those ones that are just like awkward and like they don't really know what's they're an adult but like they don't really know what the hell to do and you know honestly I consider like 18 year olds just like big kids (laughs) like they're just like how do you consider this person an adult like they just they're still in high school (laughs) so um but like I've had a lot of them like come up to me and just be like yo Sid you you kind of changed my life like giving like some of the advice that I've given them. And I was like, dang, this teaching mentorship thing is like really cool. And like, you know, talking about like opening their perspective and everything. Like I, I, I've, when I had those moments, I was just like, man, I, it, it gave my life a, a lot more meaning when in moments where I just didn't feel like there was. Mm-hmm. And I was really grateful for that, especially like they, like I, there was a time where I was mentoring s- some younger kids too. And uh, like, it was just so cool. It was more like a, I was like their big brother type of things. And, mm-hmm. but like, I would, throw throw in the life lesson here here or there and like and that really influenced them and I was like that's so cool but then I also had that thought too of just like damn I have the power to like destroy this child's (laughs) mind like that is so scary like uh, and the fact that like people can like just manipulate kids like that like that's Mm. so fucking that that's so bizarre to me like because like even just like talking to this kid and like saying hello I get like anxious like oh my god did I just do something like ruin this kid's life just by talking to him? <laughs> like, right, right. You can't think like that. But like, you know, it's it's just so weird, like how influenced they are and how, how much they like, kind of copy you a little bit, which is, you mm-hmm. know, back when I was a kid, like I had my, like my little brother copy me and I was like, this is so fucking annoying. Leave me alone. But now mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, you're doing, you're doing your own theater troupe. That's cool. That's yeah. what I did too. Um, but no, I, I can relate to that now. Like what you were saying about, being terrified, but also being very inspired by kids. Yeah. And I just, I feel so passionate about it. It's, I, I love going to school every day. I love being in the classroom. Like there's so many other things I want to do. Um, and I'm sure I will, I've already gone in a different direction and I'm coming back to the classroom, but, um, I just like, I'm a fierce advocate for public schools and teachers. And I just, yeah. I love it. I love it. We, we respect the good teachers. We don't respect the bad (laughs) ones. Um, and there has been a lot of bad teachers and professors recently, not to throw, not to throw anyone under the bus here, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you know, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. talking to me in private, but, um, yeah, there's, um, a good teacher will be like someone that will, will stick with you, but also the bad ones too. But, um, I, I really hope I can be a good teacher to somebody. And I, I, it sounds like you are too. Do, do your kids know you're in a band? 
Yeah. Yeah, they do. I've shared that with them. And actually my, one of my last solo shows in Spokane, um, a bunch of my eighth graders came to it. It was at the Bartlett and they came with their parents and they all just had gotten done with basketball practice. So they're in their jerseys Mm -hmm. and it was very sweet. They sat in the front row and I played these songs. It was, it was, um, school had ended and I keep a pretty, I'm like, you know, I'm your teacher. I'm not your friend, like not in that, but you know, you have to have that division. Mm-hmm. So then coming to my shows where I'm normally telling stories about my songs, I was like, oh, this is so, this is such a different lens. And because school had ended and I was moving to China, I was sort of like, well, here, like you get to like, listen to these stories and hear like that. You're, I think it's good for kids to te- see that their teacher is a person at the end yeah. of the day, because we don't treat our teachers like people, you know, they're just like, figureheads at this school and they're there when we show up and, but we don't think about them having personal lives. Yeah. And so it was really, it meant so much to me that they came and that they liked it. And it was very sweet. Yeah. Um, they probably thought you were way cooler than <laughs> it's, it's a good selling point for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that like, if I knew one of my teachers was like, in a, like as cool as that, I would be like, damn, like that's my teacher. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, and then you had English too, like you're teaching English, right? Like, um, is that the main subject that you're kind of teaching? Yeah. So English language arts, mm-hmm. but, um, in China, I taught creative writing. I taught a drama class. Theater. Wow. Right. So, um, what, not what because you... I have any background in drama, but because they needed a drama teacher. So how'd that go? Improv. It was awesome. <laughs> it was like, so fun. Yeah. Mostly what, it was what, like. What did you teach? Like we mostly did like improv games and kind of like that, that energy. And, um, for English language learners, it was actually this like very cool tool for them to practice, um, off the cuff speaking Mm -hmm. and like not being able to like prepare, but like use what, you know, in like a time setting. And so from an ESL perspective, I was like, wow, this is an amazing tool. If I teach, um, English as a second language again, I would totally incorporate that and then also just like help them with confidence and I was so impressed with them can you you imagine in a second language doing improv uh that blows my mind yeah well I speak two languages so I can (laughs) you can okay when you're learning when you were learning your second language like you're not fluent yeah I I, know I see what you I see what you mean I'm just I mean for me I was like I cannot I speak Spanish but like there is no way I would be, I improv terrifies me anyway, but like, there's no way I'd be able to do it in Spanish, let alone English. Yeah. W- were you teaching uh, Viola Spulin, like her games? Maybe. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I was that's teaching funny. things I found on Google. <laughs> so All right, that's, that's fair. I, I just I should have hit you up. I should have been like, Hey, what are some, yeah, are just, some ideas? Yeah. Viola Spulin like invented theater games, essentially. Like she has okay. an entire book. So if you want that, like if anyone wants to like a book about like improv and like theater games, Viola Spoolin's book. I don't okay, know what cool. it's titled. Um, it's in a storage box <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, going back to Mama Del, I'm I'm very curious about the second album because like like you said, it's been so long since you guys performed. What made you guys? What made you want to bring the ba- well? I w- I want to say bring the band back together, but like you know you had new people like Jen, uh, with the exception of Jen, but like you know, what made you want to record this second album when you could have done it years ago and like have two, three, four, five, um, what made you want to 
get back into that, especially with like English and like teaching and everything going on in your life and divorce, and marriage and moving and blah, blah, blah. It must've been, must've been crazy times. It's definitely a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually recorded the album before I moved to China. So really? it was really important to me. Um, I think your, your comment about like, wait, she's not going to be a musician. She's like, going to move, like go do teaching. Um, cause I've never fully, I think I've never fully embraced that part of me. Like I've never been like, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a musician. Like that would never be at the forefront of like my personal identity. Um, even though it means so much to me and I love it so much, but I think there's, there's probably like some self stuff going on there. Um, but before I moved to China, I was like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know where I'm going to live at the time. I was like planning on being abroad for years. And I was like, I want these songs to be recorded for me. Like I, and for like the band, but I just want them to exist somewhere that I can access them, them later because we forget things. And I forget songs. I mean, there's songs I used to play that aren't recorded that like, if you, if I, my life depended on me playing one of them, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't do it. So it was more important to me to like, um, what's the word? Like create a time capsule of them. Um, only just to have them, you know, because they meant that time in my life meant so much to me. Um, not about what the songs are about, but like the time making them with my friends, um, and playing and I just wanted to have it. So, so we didn't really, so then it's kind of funny. Cause like now, yeah, we just put this album out. It took a long time. Like I was gone, COVID happened, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, and so they just came out now, which is, you know, that is what it is. And so we, I wouldn't even, I, I think we'll play another show, but I don't really know, like who knows what's going to happen right now with, um, COVID and venues and all of that. And we all live in different places. So when we left the show on Saturday, we were like, are we going to play again? And we all were kind of like, yeah, I think so. So yeah. we'll kind of see what happens. COVID permit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Cause like you said something interesting about like preserving these songs, like, mm-hmm. like for the band, sure. But like uh, for you and mm-hmm. going back to what you were talking about the first album and how you wrote that during uh, like some dark times in your life, like, a, like a, a, your first real breakup. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious to know, who who was Sarah? Who's Sarah today compared uh, in Ma, like in the context of Mama Doll and that album? Like who's Sarah today compared to that Sarah who wrote as the crow fr- uh, as the cr- as the crow flies? <laughs> I was gonna say as the crow fries. <laughs> crow fries. Um, I would say. I mean, we're talking about almost ten years of ten years. Ten about. years. Um, I think I'm a lot the same in the ways mm, I think I have accepted certain things about myself. So in that album, I kind of talk about like, I'm such a lover. Like I like love. I like, Mm -hmm. like falling in love with people. I like getting to know people. I like, like being loved. I like giving love. And I think at that time, um, maybe 23 year old Sarah, it was a little more like what is all of this? Like, what is all of this happening? And is it bad? And is it good? And do I have to call it bad and good and kind of more messy? Whereas maybe now I've like had a lot more experiences and maybe settled into like accepting that I can be a person that 
loves love. And I can be a person that has boundaries that are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can be a person that this funny thing happens. I think when you get into your twenties, you like late twenties, you've like lived enough life to recognize patterns in your life. Cause when you're younger, you, you don't, you don't know it's a pattern yet. And so I think now as a, in my thirties, I recognize some of these patterns, um, whether they were in relationships, whether they were in work. Um, but, and I could either look back and be like, oh, that's a great pattern or like, "Mm, that's not a great pattern. And, and I need to, I want to work to undo that or like work to not create that pattern again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a special thing that happens. I think that when you get, start to creep up into your thirties, um, it's really interesting to have lived enough life to notice that about yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, gosh, like I'm 28 now. (laughs) So I'm like, I feel like I I get what you're saying because like, I'm in the middle of like, just processing all this. I think the pandemic, um, like with uh, the amount of self-reflection I've been doing during this pandemic, like I, it made me realize like just so many things. And, um, I'm glad I have the help that I have because it's just like, this is a lot going on here. Like this probably. And then when I was talking to my therapist, it was like, oh shoot, maybe this is, um, a lot more than I, than I initially thought. So, um, it's, it's kind of cool to see, like, or at least to hear, like, based on what you're saying about the second album, it's like, you're more focused now. You're more, um, you kind of know a little bit more about yourself that you couldn't, you probably couldn't see, like, when you made that first album. Um, like it's, it, isn't that cool? Like how time does that in like 10 years, especially like when you went through all this, all the stuff that you have. Right. Yeah. I think the acceptance piece is, is big and obviously like self-work doesn't end. Right. Like sometimes we talk about it like, oh, and then I'm going to like reach this point and like, no, we're just going to keep learning about ourselves and keep trying to figure out how to move forward in ways that are healthy and life-giving to us. Um, yeah. So I think it is cool to be in that. I think it's cool to be in that position. And, and I like that Sarah, like that Sarah that wrote those songs, like I was just sorting it out like Mm -hmm. every day, just trying to kind of have the most fun (laughs) and uh, just figure out what was going on. I was like living really um, vibrantly, I would say, but it was also a time where I like, like had gone through a breakup. I lost friends. I like made new friends. I made choices about my career, you know, all of these big things that kind of start to happen. And suddenly you're like, oh, I have to process these now these things that are happening to me. And so that was a, it was a, I don't look back on that album and be like, that was a sad time. I, it was hard and it was sad, but it was also like really vibrant and fun and yeah. So it's kind of bittersweet. Maybe there's not even a, we need a better word for than bittersweet. Like, I don't know what it is yet, but Uh, (laughs) like semi-sweet. I don't know. (laughs) um no I see like I I think what's also really cool is like I think that this new album I haven't heard it yet like I said um I think it's a good like you know beginning like to your 30s yeah kind of like I mean you're you you said you were 31 I'm 31 so I probably wrote a lot of these songs in my late 20s like 28 yeah ish yeah yeah what a good great way to say goodbye to your 20s yeah yeah for sure yeah um what was it like performing on Saturday, like uh, at Lucky You for like 
the first time in a long time. And by the way, sorry about the dog. Like, I don't know if you can hear him, but he's being oh. very annoying. <laughs> um, I had to mute my mic for just like a second so he can, Oh no, he was barking consistently. He stopped, thank God. But anyway, what was it like performing again? Especially like during this pandemic. Yeah, it was, it was um, hard and weird and fun and all the things. I, on, as I was driving to Spokane, I was like trying to think like, okay, like what will I, I don't usually plan out like what I'm going to say on stage, but I thought, okay, let, I'm feeling a little weird. Like I'm feeling a little extra nervous not to play, but just to like be out and about and all that. And so I was trying to think of like what I would say on stage and everything that came out of my mouth. I was like, mm, nope, <laughs> nope. That's not like everything. Cause everything is so, um, there's so much going on right now in the world and in our country and in personal lives. And I just like, that is always kind of like bubbling up out of me. And I haven't played a show in so long that I was like, no, I cannot like broach all of these topics on stage. Like, doesn't, first of all, it's not, doesn't make sense. So I was nervous about that thinking, like I told my bandmates, I was like, I'm going to do my best, but like, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth tonight. Yeah. So just let's all bear with me. And it was fine. I, I was, I did fine, but, um, it was really good to play, but it was also really weird to play. I mean, I, yeah. What do you say right yeah. now? You yeah. know? And so I think that's sometimes I, I feel really comfortable talking about my songs and maybe I felt a little bit like, who cares about like my sad story. I have to tell you about this song I wrote four years ago. <laughs> it had some of that element, um, kind of like weave in and out, but also, yeah, it was just a weird time. It was good. And it was weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad we went. And it also like shout out to Carly and Caleb. Cause it felt so safe, um, with all of the like, um, rules and guidelines and stuff they put in place there. So I did end up feeling like, okay, wow. I felt really safe about that, which was a huge relief for sure. Nice. Um, you, you said it was hard too. Um, in what yeah. ways was it like hard? Like, was it, or were you, were you just like, just talking about like, you know, pandemic and everything going on in the country hard or like, was it, I think it was like, just personal? Like hard? Like, what am I doing? Am I in this band? <laughs> like, am I a musician still? <laughs> I think for me, I've been in a definite creative void. Um, since the lockdown and since the pandemic started, um, like really had no other than like trying to learn Blackbird on guitar, which was like my one success thing I did <laughs> musically and creatively. I, I just felt really creatively voided. I don't have um, a creative community where I live right now. And of course it's like hard to find that with everything being shut down and people having different comfort levels and all of that. And so I think I kind of showed up and was like remembering who I was when I was a musician, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it felt really past tense to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got on stage and I was like, oh, it's not past tense. It just has been on pause. Um, and so that was hard to just kind of like, normally when I play a show, I'm like, yeah, this is me and this is what I do. And this is our songs. And it's like, not as, um, like identity crisis vibe, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a little bit how it felt on stage. I just kind of was working through as I was playing, like, what am I doing? And, and who am I? And who am I in the context of music anymore? And who am I in the context of Spokane? And like, I don't live here anymore, you know? So, um, 
I think at the end, like I said, it was a good reminder of like, oh, you've done this before and you'll do it again. And that's a cool thing about being an artist. Um, but yeah, it was definitely hard. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you said that because like, you know, talking about me in theater and everything and like, you know, who I am in theater and like what I do, like, I, I feel like once I get back on that, like, that's how I'm going to feel. Because like, when I look back on the stuff that I did, it's not like, I don't think I deserved it. Like I didn't deserve it or anything like that. It's, it's more like my therapist said, like, I'm trying to one up myself, <laughs> like I'm my own competition. Like, oh yeah, you had so much cool stuff lined up and you know, now you're, you're trying to one up that and it's like proving hard to do. Mm. And like, I have to just like take a step back and, you know, like while I didn't do that with theater, I've kind of done it like on this podcast, like a little bit, like we're overthinking about certain things about the show. Like, Oh, it's gotta be this. It's gotta be that. And I'm like, wait a second. Where, where are we right now with this show? <laughs> Who's watching it? Who's listening to it? Like, how do you feel about it? How do the people that matter like think about it? And it's like, oh, okay. They enjoy it, you know? And if there's room to grow, which, you know, that will happen eventually. We'll see. Come pay attention. <laughs> um, you know, like I will, we'll explore that. Like mm-hmm. that's, um, that's the beauty of like doing your own thing, I think. And I think that was my problem with theater. It was very, in a lot of aspects, like you can't really do your own thing. Like, I mean, you can, but like you need other people to like make a theater a success like I can sure for sure direct a show but I also maybe I can act in it but I also just you know doing the lights and sound and all that that's why Bo Burnham is like insane to me like what a madman (laughs) like doing that totally did you watch that Mm -hmm. god doesn't that make you just feel awful and but also (laughs) good (laughs) at the same time yeah I mean it's wild for sure Mm -hmm. a lot of creative energy goes into that Exactly. Um, we're coming up towards the end here because we got to get to lightning round questions here real soon. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, this is the sentimental portion of the show. And I'm very curious, uh, you know, just we're talking about Mama Doll. You've had a lot of, you're essentially a rock star, at least to me anyway, you're a rock star. Um, and I'm just very curious, what was the most memorable moment you had on stage as Mama Doll? Like, whether it was like a person interaction like from the audience a fan or like a moment that maybe maybe didn't really change your life but like maybe it was a story that stuck with you Hmm. that was important yeah that was one more part (laughs) that was going to add to that um I can think of two so the one would be this isn't an onstage moment it's more like a backstage moment um Hmm when we first played for volume and we were playing at the Bartlett and all of us girls had like gone outside behind the Bartlett and had seen that there was a line like all the way down, you know, blocks. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Okay. Like people want to come see this show. And it was like a little bit of a shift for me um, because of how I view myself in, in music and because of kind of like, I was just like shocked that that people, and it's not like I, I think that what we do is great and I'm confident in what we do, but just that people like wanted to be there and they would wait in a line, which is so annoying to wait in a line. (laughs) So I just thought that was like a real shift for me. Um, moment. And then I think another moment we had with a different iteration of, of mom and all members, but we were in Oakland and we went to play 
like downtown Oakland at this like art gallery. But we walked into the art gallery and like only like one side of the road had had kind of a few storefronts, like a couple boutiques. And then the other side was like fully construction. And so it was like not a very busy street. We walk into this art gallery and it's too small. I was like, oh, there's no way we can play in here. And the gal was like, okay, play on the sidewalk then. And I was like, okay. And so <laughs> she was like, there's going to be this, um, what was it called? A cypher. Do you know what a cypher is? Not really, no. It was like a kind of like a rap battle. Like they played oh, um, like beats and then like people like open mic battled. And I, I mean, I, someone listening to this can maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's not, wasn't called that, but it was something okay. that was close to the word. Anyway, we, I'd never heard of that before um, and didn't really know what it was. And so she was like, Hey, you know, you guys can go hang out down there and then like come down here and, and you guys can play. And I was like, wow, our music is like, this is going to be very different. Like our people that are here for um, this kind of like rap battle moment, going to want to come <laughs> listen to this like indie folk band from Spokane. I just like, wasn't so sure how that was all going to pan out, but we were like, whatever, fine. So we set up our stuff on the sidewalk. We walked down the street and by the way, the street's not closed down. So there's like cars going by and it was a very strange thing altogether. Right. So we go down, we watched the cypher. It was very cool. We were all like, wow, this is awesome. And then, you know, on the mic, they're like, all right, everybody head down and like mama doll's going to play. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't know how this is going to go. And it was awesome. Like everyone came down, we started playing the street ended up like cars ended up just going around because there was like everybody huddled in the street. The police came by and they were like, I was like, oh no, are we going to get shut down? And they were like, oh, just like, make sure you move when cars come. <laughs> they left. <laughs> there were people like sitting in the rafters um, of the construction across the street. Wow. And it was just this very cool moment, like a very raw kind of music experience um, of people that had never heard of us. Nobody showed up to come see us. Like that was not, you know, we maybe had like, I maybe had like five friends that had, were living in Oakland that came, but ultimately like it was just people that had been at this other event and walked down the street. And it was amazing. It was like a cool experience of like expectations, like are usually wrong. And that like people like two different kinds of like environments and music and all this stuff. Like it was just a neat time. Everyone just had a good time. Yeah. I mean, like it's music on the sidewalk. Like that's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. They, they... And like, no, yeah, it was very like felt like DIY or something that I feel like couldn't fly now. And this was, you know, years ago at this point, but um, it really stuck out to me. I just thought like, wow, music is so cool. <laughs> like People yeah. just want to enjoy it. Like people aren't as critical as we think they are about art. Most people just want to enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. I mean, like maybe I, I can make an argument maybe for theater. Well, no, that's, I don't know that like I'm just thinking that I, I'm just thinking of like theater snobs and stuff like that I guess like there, there's a bunch of them and I know a couple but um no like I, I think for me music it's so cool I've used music so much in like um in my senior the like thesis uh, thesis project like I directed a show and music was a very important element into that and um music has a way to like affect the mood of like a scene like uh you know how have you ever seen those videos online where it was like um here's the scene without music and it looks corny as hell but then um they play the music i'm like mm -hmm. oh yeah it's halloween yeah john carpenter and it's just like 
without John, without John Carpenter's music, it's uh, just the guy in a mask, like stabbing people. But right. then like when you play that, you know, dun, 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 like that, that, <laughs> that's sim- it. Adds context. It adds yeah. like emotional context. Makes you, makes you feel something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you did, you did say something really interesting that I'm going to add on to the sentimental portion here. Right. Uh, you know, who you are as an artist, as a musician. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want you, I want you to answer that question. Like, who is Sarah Berenstain, the musician slash teacher? Like, who are you in this art world? Who do you think you are? Who, you, who are you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> um, in the context of like art, I guess, I think I'm just a person that processes through music and likes sharing it. Um, it's a very personal process for me. Typically I've, I've tried to, to, I've explored it on the new album. There's some songs that are like less, I tried to write them specifically about like a less personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically what happens to me is I sit down and it just, things just come out of me. And sometimes I don't even know that I was like upset about something or that I felt a certain way about something until it's like coming out of me in lyrically. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. We're working through that. Got it. <laughs> like we're, mind and heart are connecting now. Yeah. Um, so I just think that I am a person that, yeah, uses it to process really believes in the beauty of it and its ability to connect people and connect with people. And I will never take that for granted or sell that short. Um, because people connect with all kinds of, of art and it's to me, it's so much less about like being really good or like being like continuing to like get higher, like be more, get to a more professional level. And it's more just about that process of creating it and sharing it with other people. Yeah. Do you think it's, um, do you think maybe it's less of the music portion of it and it's like the writing, like in connection to like, yeah, you being an English teacher, like, do you think you process Mm -hmm. more through writing rather than the actual beats of the music, the sound, maybe, maybe you do, but like, I'm just curious, like, I, I think there's a, there might be a correlation there. I, I could be wrong though. No, I think you're right. There's definitely, that's definitely an element, but I think to go back to what you're saying about like music providing like this context, emotional context for movies, that's sometimes what it does for like my emotions. So like I might be playing something on the guitar and just like messing around with a new melody. And then it like starts to bring out maybe something that I'm feeling. And so then, you know, so they kind of like dance with each other a little bit for me. Um, but because it, how I write, how I write typically is like, sometimes I'll have a phrase that I'm like kind of ruminating on, but oftentimes I'll just be sitting down making a melody and like, whatever comes out, comes out. And so I think that I, it triggers something in me. Like I connect to like, whatever is like happening with the guitar and it, you know, my feelings or whatever it is, whatever story I want to tell at that moment starts to come out. Nice. I love that. I love I love all that because like, I, I feel like you and I can connect in that way. Um, when I did theater, like that's, that's how I connected with theater. Like um, it provided context for me to process like some, some things. Like I think a lot of the stuff that I personally, when it, when it came to like m- the things that I was making, like it provided context as, like uh, um, to me as a person and like how mm. I was feeling at the moment or how a thing made me feel. Um, the show, for example, like it's been a great way to talk to people and process things and hear what they have to say about the world and uh, around them. And like, you know, that's wayward artists in a wayward world. We're all going against the grain. That's 
that's that's why I named the show that way. Also, it was a branding thing. Like my theater troupe was called the Traveling Theater Company for Wayward Artists. Mm-hmm. Um, very long title, <laughs> but um, you know the the concept of being wayward, I think, is very cool. Um, yeah. Not going down a certain path, like going down, like going against the grain. I think that's, I think that's what we all what the, we all do that in a lot of ways. I think artists do that most the most or people who think um creatively i guess hmm. yeah um, well sarah i'm i'm thank you for sharing all that um we are heading to the lightning round questions now because this wayward artist in a wayward, wayward, <laughs> wayward world that's all right it's a transition <laughs> it's like it's it's all planned out that's all right uh wayward artist in a wayward world this is the lightning round section of the show it's a series of five questions that i ask us each and every week they're fun they're not so quick because we're going to talk about them forever Sarah, are you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. Question number one, what would be your perfect day? My perfect day. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, hmm. I think my perfect day would be waking up with the sun naturally fully rested <laughs> and <then laughs> having coffee, um, kind of quietly with my partner and then really just like, if I could have a day with everyone that I loved and I like somehow magically felt like I got as much connection and love with them in a 24 hour time frame equally for every single person, <laughs> I would be thrilled. Um, and probably over food. Like I love sharing meals with people. Um, and I live far away from a lot of my, I have close friends where I live now, but I live far away from a lot of my like closest friends. And so a day I think with, yeah, just like all the really special, those like heart people in my life would be so good. <laughs> yeah. What are we, what are we sharing here? What are we eating? Oh man. Well, I'm a big cheese board person. So yeah. like a lot of cheese, yeah. like a lot of cheese, I, um, probably good. some wine. <laughs> and then I don't know. I think like maybe like a potluck style. Everybody brings their like favorite recipe. And in this scenario, all my friends are awesome cooks too. Nice. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Well, like, yeah. Like uh, knowing the place that you worked, but also like probably like the people that, you know, like from playing shows, like I'm sure, you know, a lot of good people that cook really good food. <laughs> yeah. In this pretend scenario, they'd be like, they've really leveled up their cooking. <laughs> I know Jeff and Laura over at Wisconsin Burger, and that's because like I worked for them. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they're, they're super chill. So like, uh, like when we meet in person, like we're we're, we're pretty tight. And Wisconsin Burger, man, I, I you know, like th- despite the fact that I don't work there anymore, like I can truly say, like, man, their food was good. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, that's a that's a good sign. Yeah, like um, I will shit on Mod Pizza for the rest of my life because I worked there for a month and mm-hmm. the kitchen was gross. It was ugly. <laughs> the one down, the one downtown. That's the one I worked at. Mm. Yeah, don't go in the kitchen. <laughs> no. Yeah, but um, like you know, Wisconsin Burger has like just been consistent, great. And you get like a beer on your birthday. Like that's oh, so cute. cool. I, I wish I got a beer at my work. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, question number two talking about music and everything what's a song that describes your life right now and you can't say mama doll anything from mama doll <laughs> a song that describes my life right now wow um the first the first song that came to mind 
um, my boyfriend sang this song and I don't know what it's called, but I'll sing part of it. He sang this song to me one time in the morning and I thought he made it up. He's not a musician. I was like, did you write that? Wow. It's really catchy. He was like, no, it's a real song. And I was like, it's not a real song. Like you made it up. And he was like, no. Um, but it's, uh, it's, um, same day, same day forever. Do you know Uh, that song? No, I don't. Just repeats same day, same day forever over and over again. Uh, I'll have to look it up. It doesn't, my life isn't really the same day, same day forever, but it, really pack some quarantine vibes, some punches there for the like, because I do think things have slowed down and, you know, like I've kind of like settled into certain routines way different than my life in China, way different than my life in Spokane, which were both hyper, hyper, hyper social. Um, and so sometimes I feel like, oh yeah, same day forever. (laughs) So you don't know who sang that song? No. Do you? No, I don't. Um, we could look it up later, but okay, uh, look it up I, later. Yeah, but I, I didn't think it was a real song, and I was like, "Wow, that's like kind of catchy." Yeah, <laughs> you should workshop if, that. Yeah, if I eventually find it, the wayward artists out there can listen to that song along with a, a whole playlist of songs from p- pre- a previous guest who um, picked the songs that describe their lives right now. It's called. Oh, cute! It's a playlist. It's called Wayward Wayward Songs for Wayward Artists, and it's really just a hodgepodge. You know, like it's a potluck of just like songs <laughs> it doesn't ma- doesn't make sense but you know it's uh what 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 in life makes sense you know um question number three what's your third favorite movie third favorite movie That's yeah funny. wow she forgot all the movies. <laughs> but like I can think of my first favorite movie. So I'm trying to like work my way down to my. That's what most oh, people do. I feel like, so, well, okay. So I think maybe. Um, <laughs> here's the truth. Yeah. I'm a bad movie person. I'm a bad song person. I yeah. make no sense. That's okay. A, but That's okay. okay like, I'd say you, my, you... Third, my third favorite movie would be um life you know is that what it's called life Life. is it called no let me look it up I think I want to make sure I say the right thing because it also sounds like a music festival name and I want to make (laughs) sure it's not the music festival and it's actually called this oh yeah I'm right life is beautiful do you know that song or that movie what is it about it's um an Italian film and it's about um it's like set in world war ii and nazi germany and a guy, a father, a family goes into the internment camps and the mom and dad get separated and the dad is with the child. And it's, it's a really, it's a sad, obviously it's a sad movie. Um, but it's also happy. This, this dad basically like makes the internment camp into a game for his son so that his son isn't, um, cause they took all the children away. And so he makes it into this game. So his kid doesn't even realize like these like atrocities and this terrible stuff that's happening and that people are dying. Um, but his dad had like really just like turns on this like comedy and like um, kind of playfulness mm-hmm. um, to help keep his son alive and survive. It's a really great movie. That sounds right. Really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I bet. I mean, it, you know, talking about World War Two and everything like it kind of and like, you know, Nazi Germany, like it kind of reminds me of uh, Jojo Rabbit, Taka, Taika Watiki, my yeah, love of, yeah. 
You've never seen it? No, is it good? Should I watch it? Oh, it's great. Taika Waititi is like the love of my life. Like I'm, I, I'm sure, like I mentioned this in an unaired episode, but I'm pretty sure, you know, he would play for, you know, the same team. Like he's not, I know he's not gay, mm-hmm. but like, you know, if, if he had to, like, I feel like he'd be cool. He'd be done. <laughs> like he's like, he was on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. So I'm like, of course, yeah, he's, he can, he, he can get it. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Okay. I'll have to put that on my list. Oh yeah. Uh, essentially what Jojo Rabbit is, it's um, uh, hit, the Hitler youth, like the little kids, mm-hmm. you know? And it's about this little kid who's in the, I, I can't remember what the, like the, the term is like for hit, the Hitler youth, like the, um, the Nazi children. It's about this little, yeah. yeah, little kid named Jojo. Um, and it's about him. That's basically it. Um, mm. And ScarJo's in it. Oh, cool. uh, Taika Waititi plays Hitler in, it, he's like the imaginary friend of this little boy. Um, but, you know, it, it, uh, it goes to good places. It's not about, it's not about, um, it's not just about not like him being a Nazi. Like, the, mm. um, I don't want, I don't know how else to like explain it. Without it's okay. That's great. That was perfect. I think that's in, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like the people who saw it will know like what's up. Uh, and Taika Waititi is one of the best directors out there, honestly. Um, question number four, what is your favorite ice cream topping? Ice cream topping. Yeah. <laughs> um, ice cream topping. Probably like fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. Raspberries. Raspberries or peaches. Yeah. I think I can see like raspberries on like a chocolate ice cream, mm-hmm. maybe with a little bit of whipped cream. I think that'd be dope. Yeah. Uh, uh, peaches. Uh, uh, not to be like TMI, but like I can't look at peaches after Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> I, I can't I, look at peaches. Yeah, I just can't look at them anymore. Like, I see them and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Well, they are delicious and are. you should just put them in a milkshake and then you don't have to look at them. You can just like yeah. eat them. Yeah, exactly. There we go. That, in case anyone saw Call Me By Your Name. There you go. That, <laughs> There's the solution. <laughs> um, question number five, speaking of like candy, I guess. Um, left Twix or right Twix? I guess left. Why? <laughs> I was like thinking about holding it, opening it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, was there like, is it just because like, are you right-handed? Yeah, I guess. Is that why I'm like, or like left-handed, I guess, or no, I'm uh, right-handed. Okay. <laughs> but I think I would go for that one. Maybe cause it's like, I'm like holding it towards me and like you read a book from right to left. And so maybe I like oh, take that one first. <laughs> I don't know. That's the most like technical, like, you know, like thing I think anyone's ever said. A lot of people answer like really interesting questions. We had, um, we had a group, the Spokane Ensemble Theater on the show. Mm-hmm. Like it was a group of five people. And uh, one of the people I asked on the show, who was a guest on the, the show also, I asked her again, like, hey, left tweaks or right tweaks? And she's like, I could care less <laughs> about these twi- goddamn tweaks. And like her and another cast member were just at it if the, for the people who are at home like you can listen to that podcast episode from 12th night uh, from the spokane ensemble theater great episode um but no we've had a lot of philosophical questions like answers too like just really? people were, yeah people straight up like some people were like straight up mad <laughs> like not mad at me but i was like why would you ask that question sid i'm like it's fun it's a great question yeah all right, Wayward Artist. This has been Wayward Artist in the Wayward World. Uh, it's the second to last episode for real this time. Um, 
You can catch up this audio, the audio recording on podcast services everywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere with a cast, we are there. We're also on YouTube. Uh, just recently, I posted my reaction to Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, which is a very cool trailer. I'm very excited for that movie. And um, that's it. I mean, get, look forward to the last episode of this show ever. <laughs> uh, Sarah, where can like, people support you? And um, yeah, where can people support you? And what is your last word? Um, so if you want to listen to the album, you can find it anywhere you stream music, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, we also have a band camp um, and you can download it from there as well. And my last word, mm-hmm. my last word is be well and take care of each other and take care of yourself. Nice. That's good advice. I feel, I'm, I'm doing that right now. So. <laughs> Good. All right. Wayward artists, without further ado, it's been real. <laughs>